When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screencast. I'll be your host, Nick Scarpino, alongside the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Great morning, viewers and, and listeners. the master of the ones and twos, Kevin Coelho. It's a good day, guys. It's a good day. Uh, today, of course, we are talking about Dune. We're going to be reviewing that movie. But before we do, I want to remind you guys, hey, if you want to support this show, you can do so in a couple different ways. Did you know this is actually a podcast? We put this out on podcast services. And if you guys want, uh, it would be really awesome if you went over there and subscribed to our podcast services and gave us a little good rating. Uh, and if you got a couple extra bucks to give, go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, throw us a couple bucks. You get all this podcast ad free. Uh, and for some of our podcasts, you get access to our exclusive post show uh, where we talk about what we really feel about about Greg Miller. Uh, today we're talking about Dune, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who has also directed uh, a lot of movies like Blade Runner, 2049, Sicario, and Arrival. These are all bangers. Uh, and you're starting to see, I, what I like is, I want to get into the visuals here. I'm like, all these movies feel like they belong together, and I like that very much. Uh, and it also stars Timothy Chalamet and uh, Zendaya and Rebecca Ferguson, along alongside a host of other amazing actors that... that uh, that uh, cast this bad boy. So let's kick it off. Andy, you saw this a week ago. What did you think? I did. I enjoyed it a lot. I think it is. Impressions for like maybe five minutes. Sure. Yeah. I I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's a very heady movie. I think it is very unconventional in the way that it's shown to the viewer. And I think a lot of that is because of the possibilities of the trilogy. And it looks like that's, it starts off with Dune part one. So, Obviously, that's what they're going for. I say possibilities just in case because we don't know about the funding. And I think Tim said that there was some funding that was kind of. I believe they're already. I, I believe they're already a go for the okay. next part of. of well, Dune fantastic. I, well, I think for sure we're getting the Benny Jesuit show, and then part two is dependent on how well it does on HBO Max, not just necessarily how well it does in theaters. So got it's it, still. It, I think it's still on the fence. All right. God, how terrible it would be if they were like, well, can't do part two. It starts off with part <laughs> yeah, one, what, what what we could have had. Yeah, I think this movie reminds me of a lot of, every once in a while, I'll come across a TikTok video where a musician says, guess what time signature I'm playing in? This movie, you could have done that with like, guess what act we're in? Because mm-hmm. it it's, it's crescendoing when you don't feel like it should, and it's going into like long monologues at moments where you don't feel like, like where are we at in this movie oh there's still an hour left it's very unconventional in that way but i still really really enjoyed it i love the visuals i um i wasn't a massive fan of timothy chalamet's performance in this movie mm-hmm. but i think Rebe- rebecca ferguson was fantastic um i think a lot of these sort of ancillary characters oscar isaac um i i love his portrayal as well um, I think this movie is awesome. I think Denny Villeneuve hit it out of the park once again. Um, yeah, I, I hope we get to see part two. Kevin, what did you think? 
I forgot about no spoilers. I almost went spoilery there. Yeah, no spoilers <laughs> yet. Nice. We'll, we'll go into spoilers in a second. Uh, so I'm a really, really, really big Dune fan. Specifically, I grew up watching the sci-fi series, which I think is phenomenal. Um, so I'm very much invested in this world. Like, I've watched countless, like, legitimately 40-minute videos that break down, like, Dune lore. I've never read the books because, you know, readings for nerds. Uh, mm -hmm. But, like... So I really, really, really am invested, and I love, love this movie. Like, I enjoy it. Do I think that it's extremely ambitious with how hard it goes and how fast? Now, that being said, it is a slow movie. But when well, I say it yeah. goes fast, is it like, it's just like you're suddenly in the middle of the world, and they don't explain a lot of things that are happening. It's just right. like, it starts, and it's like, it's the year 11,000, and you're like, what? <laughs> is it? <laughs> In our <laughs> lifetime, or yeah, yeah, is this a different yeah. lifetime? <laughs> um, so it's it's really wild, and I I really hope the show does well. And I will be watching this on my HBO Max account maybe a couple of times. Like I I left the movie theater and I got home and Paula didn't go, um, but she was like, "You want to watch something?" And I was like, "We could watch Dune." And she was like, "Ah, not right now." And I'm like, "That's a good choice." But like I was that's an investment. I was 100% ready to start. The biggest issue I think that Dune has is that uh, this is, out of all of the stories, like, this is definitely the slowest part, I'd say. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of, like, exposition, but not, like, of the world, just of the characters. So it's, uh, I, but I really liked it. I mean, it's so beautiful. There were so many times where it was just, like, they cut to a random vista where something's just happening, and then they cut back, and it was just like, that was 100% unnecessary, but I really liked it. <laughs> I wish I could have seen it in IMAX. I regret it. Uh, it, was uh, it, was, it was amazing in IMAX, and they, they, I, don't know how they, I don't know if it's on HBO Max or not, if they actually play with the resolution as well. But, yeah, in oh, IMAX, really? it goes full screen for a lot of the stuff on Arrakis, um, and then it goes back to, like, a, a more uh, traditional frame for when we're sort of, like, in the intimate moments with the, uh, Which, with the, uh, the families. When we were cool. watching it yesterday, uh, or afterwards, Tim and like you, you and Tim were talking about it cutting back and forth, and I think Tim, maybe it was you that were saying like I think they Tim didn't said stop it was distracting. That. Yeah, I don't. I like it. I, I, I thought it was a good use of it. It yeah. didn't. It didn't take me out of it at all. But I think that but. they they should just do everything in IMAX. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's a choice, right? I think it's so. I think that when I when I was watching it, I was uh, when it did sort of pop occur to me. Um, I think they used it as a as a visual choice because I think a lot of the the stuff they wanted to show, especially with the, like the framing and a lot of the stuff like the vistas on Arrakis, when they get there, they go to full frame. And I think you're supposed to, as an audience member, feel like, oh, this is liberating, this is freeing, this is where this is where all of this like revolution is going to happen. And then when we go back indoors, when when they, when we go behind the shield wall and we go behind all the stuff, and we see all that the amazing architecture of like when the Atreides family that comes from. By the way, I love. I love the differences of like they come from this water planet and they come from yeah, this lush Caledon. green, almost Scottish plains. And they have like they have like the you know the the Scottish the bagpipes that are playing and stuff. Uh, when they come to this desert planet, they are such a, and no pun intended a fish out of water. And then they close the frame off and they make it feel a lot more claustrophobic. And they make mm -hmm. a lot of stuff like shot like really close up with them um, versus the vistas of the outside when we see the, the worms and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, so that didn't bother me at all. I think the movie's beautifully shot. I think this is a really good. I did read the books, but I have to be honest with you guys. I read the books like 15 years ago. So I could you could you could tell me that 
there's other characters that introduce. I'm like, cool. I don't, I don't remember. How many but of the books did you read? Just the first one. I, I bought okay. Dune Messiah, and I was, and it sat on my on my printer for about a year, and I'm like, I'm not gonna get around to reading <laughs> Dune this. Dune Messiah it's, is it's wild. A, I think D threw it out. D threw it out yeah. the window. <laughs> uh, no, I, well, no, she actually put it down. She put it downstairs in my building oh, this, for people. She just put free. free, and I think someone else took it. Um, I liked this movie a lot. I think it's a really beautiful and faithful reproduction of what I remember the book being. Um, and I think Denny Villeneuve. I think the whole cast. I think the way it was shot. I love every part of it. I do worry that people are going to find this boring when they go into it. And for all the reasons that Kevin has described, right? This is a huge amount of setup. It's a huge amount of world, but not really, not even world building universe building. And so I think like, you know, talking to Gia when she came out, I was like, what did you catch from that? And she goes, well, I understand the plot, right? This family, uh, this house comes to, to Arrakis and there's some political intrigue. I'm like, but did you get all of the political intrigue that was supposed to be happening between like the dynamic between the house of Trades, uh, the house Harkanian and then the, and, 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 and the emperor. And she was like, I, no, I oh, don't really? know what I, any of that stuff is. I kind and of so think- like, I just, I think it's, it's difficult because when you're reading the book, you're sitting there and there's, there's chapters telling you what the Benny Jesuit is. There's, there's chapters talking about the, the, the setup of all these houses in this universe and all the politics. And it's very, very similar to uh, game of Thrones where like with game of Thrones, we, we had episodes and episodes and episodes that we spent with these other houses, uh, right? We had like the, 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 you know, and so you got to learn these characters and learn what the world was. In this one, they have maybe 15 minutes before they're like, or 20 minutes for like, we got to get the, the Paul to Arrakis. Uh, Annie from Kind of Funny. And I, just like Game of Thrones, this movie is a, like, I love nerdy shit. I love, you know, it's one reason why I kind of was so drawn to Gundam in my early days. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck is going on politically here, but it's cool that a cartoon can have this amount of right. like stuff happening in the background. And um, I love that sort of shit. I'm a nerd. I am happy that I rewatched about honestly up until the very, very last remaining minutes of it on HBO Max because those subtitles saved me quite a bit, just like they did in Game of Thrones, because they are throwing a lot of names at you. They're throwing a lot of terms and, and they're stuff not that holding your hand. Right. There's no character right. yeah, in this movie no, that goes, yeah. hey, everyone, this is what this is. They're just talking and you're like, oh, I got it. It's like it's like being yeah, thrown into like a, a level two Spanish class where I'm like, oh, yep. shit, I should have read the book. I don't know what's happening here. But I like that, too. And I think that's yeah. that's a kind of a hallmark of Denny Villeneuve, right, where he doesn't really. He he kind of assumes that you're that the audience is not dumb, right? Uh, and or that you're going to like this material. He and potentially, yeah, okay. like that you're paying attention. Um, similar to like kind of a lot, what a lot of people think like about like a Nolan movie, right? Where we're dealing with complex things and we're dealing with a lot of like a lot of stuff that you're throwing at the audience, but you sort of expect the audience to keep up and pay attention, which every once in a while is nice. I, I um, will I will say though that um, it becomes less of a of a are you listening more of it can, are you hearing this because this movie had a a mixing problem for me and it could have been that did, i unfortunately in my situation i had to sit pretty far back in the theater meaning that i was further away from the center speakers with the dialogue and there are a lot of nolan-esque mixing moments where the sound effects and the score are really overwhelming and the dialogue can kind of get drowned out a bit and when mm. it's dialogue that is dealing with words and phrases that you have no familiarity with it makes it even tougher it is and just to be clear a lot of those words are not words other than in this book or a derivative like it came from this book like that they use yeah oh sure yeah Yeah, i still want to know what those are so i I loved 
watching on HBO Max and seeing them spelled out, and that helps me make that mental connection with that word uh, a lot better. And yeah. um, I had a I had a good time rewatching it. Like, uh, it's I, I really like this movie, and and I think that's a a testament to how uh, the high quality of the film because a two hour and forty eight minute slow burn very unconventionally filmed and kind of plotted out and i think that like the fact that i could have still sat there and enjoy it with my mm-hmm. you know adhd brain it's like it's a really good movie i really enjoyed it i agree and you i hope that people talk? get uh I'll, I'll wrap up my thoughts and we'll go into a spoiler okay. talk i agree i hope people go see this in the movie theaters and i hope you watch it as well on hbo max because it is a beautiful film it is very much a movie where you have to have patience with spoilers it's very it's it's actually probably i think even less accessible than blade runner 2049 which was a movie that was very very i would say methodical i'm not gonna say slow but i would say it's very very purposefully paced the way it was this movie is like that i do feel like some of the action was kind of shoehorned in because they were like we should have some action here because i don't remember in the book i don't remember that much action happening uh in the first like you know the first act of the story but um it's definitely worth watching would we all agree go see it in theaters and then also go watch it on hbo max 100 percent. and then yeah, see it in imax if possible if you can yeah. imax for sure it looks uh, beautiful. okay that is it that is it for our spoiler free talk everyone put the kevin put up spoiler bros please on the screen right now I don't have thank that. you perfect thank uh you. let's let's talk about some <laughs> of the things in this movie uh, so if you guys don't want the spoiler obviously turn this off make sure you go subscribe they know, though, they know. Uh, to everything y'all know you've been here before with us um yeah, I'm I'm really worried that people are going to go, ah, that was boring, right? That was too much. Like, they, they're going to get lost because, like, when you have multiple words and multiple languages that mean the same thing and none of those languages are real languages, you're like, this is very confusing for it's people. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, it, It's a lot said, to expect out of a modern audience. Mike hit me up while we were watching. I got a text from Mike. It just said, watching June on my phone, it's lit. So yeah, Mike fell asleep five minutes. I guarantee he fell asleep. No, so today, well, I mean, I I feel like Mike's pretty honest about falling asleep. But today, when we were doing uh, before we did our, our morning meeting, uh, I was talking to Mike for a little bit, and he was like, "I really like Dune." I yeah, you know? I was like, "Do you know what's going on?" He's like, "Ah, it looks beautiful, and it's cool." It's like, yeah, all right, I, I th- all right. I think a a thing that might be the saving grace is that cliffhanger. Um, I, I think for anybody who might have felt out, but then you kind of fall back into uh, the heat of the battle. Um, and Nick looks like he's slacking Mike right now to come into the voice chat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, on a stream. But, but I, I think that final fight scene is interesting enough and it has enough stakes and you kind of understand what's happening. And you know that this is going to be the moment where the Fremen accept uh, Paul and we mm-hmm. see I, I got chills. I mean, I get chills of the moment when it's like sand power like when uh, when yeah. homegirl puts the thumper down i'm thinking is she committing suicide so the worm can eat her what's going on right. here and then yeah, you, and you see, see the claws come and then out. you you see like her you see her little like uh daggers or whatever hooks and then later on we see the hooks of the people riding and it's like that's what the thumpers are for they're calling them to ride them that's yeah. sand power and then like this is just the, the beginning desert power, yeah. the music yeah. desert power yeah the fucking music uh crescendos it's like god damn i, I want to watch I'm, part two this is yeah. i'm a little i'm a little disappointed with that i was a little disappointed with that moment because there's a couple different moments in dune that are like holy shit when you get to them in the book you're like wait they fucking ride these things and it's like yeah, it's this it's they make a really big deal out of it being kind of a rite of passage 
for like only I think if I'm not mistaken, only certain people could do it, and you have to be able to like kind of have a kindred community like vibe with the yeah. With, I mean, a lot of the, people uh, get killed. The probably. worms, yeah, yeah. And then there's also, of course, the 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 bigger reveal that we won't spoil uh, with some of the other stuff. But that moment, I was like, oh man, I really wish he that like we were in that moment longer because it did feel like a little bit of a cliffhanger, but it felt kind of rushed. Oh really? I I don't know. It was perfect for me. Yeah. Somebody cool? who has who knows nothing about the source material okay. to see the person writing and go, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, that's a thing that like they were alluding to it, and they did a good enough job hinting that people can ride these things, and now it all makes sense. And fantastic job framing all of that. Yeah, I I think that uh, I I really like that it like set it up to be like, oh shit, for the people that know when she pulls out those hooks, I'm like, oh shit, she's gonna ride this. Yeah, thing. that was cool. And then she gets and I was stabbed. Like, I don't remember her <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer that like the first time we see it ride, it's this like not this character we care about too much. And then she dies. Then it, I thought it was a little weird. Then they show it happening kind of in the distance. And it's like, oh, that would have been a much bigger moment, I think, if we had seen it in the next movie or right. if they had just shown like or if them we see two people on, riding yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> like frolicking. Like a tandem jet ski. Yeah. Um, yes. Now, one thing that. I was disappointed is where this ends. I was hoping we'd get another 20 to 30 minutes more where they like, spoilers. where they go uh, into the, I, I'm not, I'm not, cities. yeah, where they like some things happen that I think make way more sense as a logical like stopping mm-hmm. point. But like, I don't, man, I'm so excited for, I think this gets the audience hyped. I, I yeah. think it, it reminds me a lot of, the NF Fellowship of the Ring. Let's go hunt some orc. And the movie this is ends it, there. Andy, like, and we, yeah. we walked out and I was like, this reminds me a lot of like of that first Lord of the Rings movies. And that's what scares me a little bit, right? Because Lord of the Rings has such a diehard following that people were going to go out, come out to support the second one no matter what. In this one, I'm like, I, do, I hope this is enough for people to hang on for a second one. I really do. But given the track record of... You know, the last, like, when Blade Runner came out, we were like, oh, cool, it's based on source material that everyone loves. I think Dune has a bigger audience. But when it came out, I was like, this is not a very accessible movie, and there's not a lot of action in this, and it's a thinker. This is this is kind of some, some. it's, it's a heady. thinker, yeah. and it's heady, and I and Dune is more of all of that. It well, is. One, one note, Nick, uh, Blade Runner, I don't think was based off any, like, Blade Runner 2049 was not based off anything. Well, it was based off the original Blade Runner. no. The, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's it was a sequel Blade. to Blade Runner. It's Kevin yeah, saying there's in no that source world, material. There's no it. source material. No, that wasn't based on a book. What I'm saying is, yeah. in in the 80s, a movie called Blade Runner came out and people liked it, and so that had an audience built in that people wanted to see it. Dune has hopefully oh, a bigger yeah. audience that like, but I don't know if it's as big an audience as uh, the fellow or the Rings books or the Lord of the Rings books. My hope is that people see this and go, hey, everyone, like if you watch this and you're watching this review and your friends are like, I don't know if I'm going to go see that. Tell them to go see it and tell them, hey, it's going to get a lot crazier in part tell two. Tell them Nick sent you. You got you to just stay through. You know, you got you to keep going with this. But I, I, I worry that like our friends who, who have never who don't really care about sci-fi, like you have to really care about deep sci-fi on this. And this is one of the situations where I was talking to my wife um, before the, like, like last week. And she's like, should I come see it? I'm like, well, you should. You should come see it with us, but it is. Go- I know what this is going to be. It is going to be three hours of Oscar Isaac and Rebecca Ferguson really digging into this heady sci-fi. And if you're not into that concept, then then this is going to turn off a lot of people. And, but I, but also, I think that I, I really do think that we need to push uh, the Game of Thrones narrative 
I th- think of the amount of people who would have it's never a given a single shit about not only a political show, but or, or uh, I meant to say, like, think about the amount of people that never gave a shit about fantasy and said, uh, dragons. Eh, I don't want to fucking watch that. Well, that was me. But it but it becomes a very sort of, you know, uh, you get. It's wrapped into this story with all yeah. the sort of feuds uh, happening between all the houses and stuff. And I think that whenever I see the sort the trailers pop up and uh, and it's like the review from so and so and it's mm-hmm. this is the next Game of Thrones. I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds like kind of cheesy, but it's like, right. no, they they I think they nailed it. Like especially just calling it like the House Harkin and House Atreides. All Whoa. that should just make sense and it's a story about imperialism. I think it's just yeah. like really cool. This episode is brought to you by Uncommon Goods. If you're on a mission to be the best gift giver ever this season, it's never too early to start looking. No matter who you're shopping for, Uncommon Goods is the place to find remarkable and truly original gifts for anyone. Some of the cool things I got recently were the there's a baseball park matte pint glasses that I got for one of my good friends, James Burke. He doesn't know it's coming yet, but he is going to absolutely love the Oracle Park one. Uh, and also Gia got this puzzle that is really cool. Puzzles are always a fun thing, right? Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade. They have the most meaningful, out of the ordinary gifts anywhere. And with every purchase you make, Uncommon Goods gives $1 back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. So make your holiday season stress-free. Check out their selection of thousands of items. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash kinda funny. That's uncommongoods.com slash kinda funny for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Offer U-N-C-O-M-M-O-N-G-O-O-D-S dot com slash kinda funny. We're all out of the ordinary. Uh, next up, shout out to me, Undies. Are you afraid of the glow in the dark? Well, shield your eyes because the new MeUndies Halloween just dropped dead. If there's one collection you don't want a ghost, it's this one. I always love uh, MeUndies. I always love their themed collections, and I especially love when they get fun, like with the Halloween ones. We're glowing in the dark, baby. MeUndies are made from natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees, making their micro-modal fabric soft, breathable, and dangerously cozy, and I can attest to all of that. Of course, even right now, wearing my MeUndies shirt, my lounge pants, my undies, and socks, I love the micro-modal fabric all over my body. It is so soft, and I love being a big, soft boy. You can get your spooky season up and haunting with five new prints i see you my boo tricks and treats lazy bones and lazy pumpkin me undies has a great offer for you first time purchasers out there you can get 15 percent off and free shipping to get 50 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 percent satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash morning that's meundies.com slash morning and finally, shout out to HelloFresh. Spooky season is also extra busy season. But one thing you can take off your plate is meal planning and grocery shopping because HelloFresh is here to keep you stocked and chopped. They deliver pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering recipes directly to you. We're talking fresh, going from the farm to your door within a week. So you get the convenience without the sacrifice in quality. HelloFresh offers fantastic variety with over 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian so it works great for Paula and Kevin, Calorie Smart, and even gourmet options. And they're bringing out all the fall options too, like one pot broccoli mac and cheese to make weeknight meals super easy. That sounds fantastic, and I really, really hope that I get to try that one. Cool Greg's been using HelloFresh. Blessing's been using HelloFresh. Kind of funny is a HelloFresh family. Go to HelloFresh.com morning14 and use code morning14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's up to 14 free meals, including free shipping 
shipping at hellofresh.com slash morning 14 use code morning 14 um it's and by the way calling it the next game of thrones obviously kevin knows is a little bit of a a misnomer we should call this the first game of thrones because this book came out before that and i'm pretty sure it was was heavily influenced when uh, george rillo and martin decided to write game of thrones but i wish there's a couple things that i don't like about this movie one is that I love Denny Villeneuve's overall like top level visual style for all of his movies. And he has a very, very distinctive like visual look that he goes for that I think you can see when you go like the ships in Arrival look kind of like the ships in here and the big worm tubes Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I love all the tech in this. I love that it kind of feels like a lot of the sharper edges of the armor and stuff ties into some of the visuals we saw in Blade Runner. I'm not saying any of these movies have to do with each other. I'm just saying visually, Denny Villeneuve, I love his style. But... I think he pushed it a little too far in this and it. visually on screen when there was fighting happening, I'm like, I don't know who's fighting whom. And I think a lot, I think it would have helped a little bit to be a little bit more accessible if the houses visually had like, and Colors, this is going to sound schemes. stupid, a color, a, a, a different, a different look and a different vibe and a different color to them. Because when we keep cutting back and forth to like, they introduce that other uh, like the Unsullied, basically, yeah. which are which which is I forget what they were called. Sadakar but or something like that. Yeah, they're they're the Unsullied. Um, yeah, they're they just the, those guys. They're just like, PMCs. They're the PMCs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and they have a white outfit, and then everyone else is fighting in white outfits, and then yeah. Duncan Duncan uh, Idaho runs in in a white outfit. I'm like, I understand who's who because I because it's I'm you know I'm paying attention. But I do think but, that it would have been nice. One of the things that, that was great about Game of Thrones is like we saw the flags, we saw the wolf, we saw the color schemes. We, we knew when we were in King's Landing visually that we're like, oh, it's summertime down there. It's winter up there. And uh, red is Gryffindor. The exactly. <laughs> um, and I hate to I hate to say, but I, I feel like a touch of color in here would have gone a long way for, for that, for just having a little bit more like distinguishment between the house, especially when like it gets a little confusing toward the end when the Baron's sitting in the the the, the, the like the big dining room of the atreides house on arrakis and i'm like oh where are they and then we see the bowl up there i'm like oh shit they're in the they're in that room because everything's so sparse there's like no set dressing in anything Mm -hmm. so when you cut back and forth between all the planets it's a lot of it looks very visually similar like i I agree yeah so um but i I do love everything they did with the harkonnens oh i wish we had gotten a little bit more a little bit more like uh uh watching batista like beat someone to death like they they did when the the sci-fi show where like just to show how like strong and this just what they do for fun is murder each other uh would have been cool but uh well remember if you guys ever remember the original um the original movie that uh fincher did there was a moment in it where like he had installed, I don't know if this, I don't think it was in the source material, but there was a, there was a thing that he had installed in all of his slaves where it was like a heart plug that if he just pulled it, you'd bleed out. It was like super twisted. Oh no. Uh, yeah, Lynch, like, you mean David Lynch, not Fincher. Lynch, not yeah. Fincher. Sorry, David Lynch. Um, but yeah, overall, other than that, I don't really have a ton. I, I feel like a little bit of the action was shoehorned in there where they were like, we need to have these big action set pieces. Um, and I think that's just because they needed something cool to show in the trailers because otherwise it would have been a lot of talking in this. I don't hate that, but I also – I remember in the books, I'm like, the action in the books were not the things that I remember. The things that I remember a lot in the books is the setup for the Freeman, the setup for him being the Mahdi or whatever the the chosen one's going to be, and the notion that there's this, this clan of the Bene Gesserit who have been through centuries breeding lines of people to find this one person that – can that has this extraordinary yeah. ability that we don't even know what it's supposed to be yet that is such a cool heady concept but it's when she great. says like our our plans take centuries i'm like oh it's such a cool thing Dude, to it, say it, yeah 
it's so great and i got so many vibes from arrival and all the time jumps and the visual sort of i'm seeing into the future moments that you don't know or is that in the past you think it's something in the past and i love every moment when it is hinted that paul has seen this when he shows yeah. up in his suit and she's like why why is, who told you to do the cufflings like that at the bottom and she and he said I just felt like the right way to do it. She's like, nobody. And then she says, like, he'll know yeah, he will present like he was born. Here. At, yeah, yeah. Like every moment like that, I think is so well done. And it gets me. It just gets me hyped for whenever in movies there is the one similar to like in yeah. Mass Effect when you are the specter. Uh, like Neo all those moments are Matrix. so badass, the, dude. I, I kind of felt like it was a lot more force than I ever heard it before, though. Like I in in anything that I've seen before. The the mom isn't like I'm was trying to create you. It's usually the mom was like, like she's not married to the guy, but like the Duke wanted a boy, and yeah, I and she gave yeah yeah she's like she loved him. I wasn't supposed to, but I obliged him because that's what he wanted. In this one, there's clearly moments where she's like, I wanted to try to create you. Right, and it, right, that, right. that is a weird take, and I kind of feel like they're really doubling down on this like the one thing. Because, like, there are many moments where people tell Paul, like, oh, you're the one. Or he even says it where it's like, I'm, right. I'm, I don't, like, what is this thing of the one? I saw you're pregnant. Like, you, yeah. you're, you're pregnant. You know, all those yeah. moments like that, I think, are. The, the, uh, that was really cool. I just kind of, like, it's interesting that, like, I feel like they're being a little bit more forceful with the Muad'Dib line stuff. Well, I think that's also something for the audience to grasp onto and kind of, that's familiar for the audience. I think a lot of the other political stuff makes a lot more sense if you were doing a series of dune mm -hmm. and that's something that you could absorb week to week and yeah. get more familiar I, uh, I think the concept of the one is something that is kind of like a mass appeal sort of thing that a lot of people can understand not just people that are super into sure. deep sci-fi shit like that I want to give the floor to one snowbike Mike who is joining us audio only right now Mike we need to know you watched Dune, of course, on your on your on your preferred screen, which is your iPhone. Did you fall shit. asleep during Dune? Nick Scarpino, thank you so much for inviting me onto the screencast today to join you, Andy and Kevin, to talk about this incredibly epic movie. And Nick, I am happy to report that I did watch this stunning movie, Andy Cortez, on my solid <laughs> iPhone 12 Max. It was yeah. awesome. Oh, the Max. It was Good. astonishing. Okay. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better picture quality and experience. But I will say, I stayed up the whole entire time. Two wow. and a half hours. I wow. didn't blink. I didn't move. This movie grabbed me, and wow. I loved every moment of it. Fuck I wish yeah. I could so join the screencast and talk with you guys, but I'm hosting a stream. But I will say the Mike mini review, epic, awesome, cool tech, awesome characters, love interest with blue eyes. I mean, epic battles. What more do you want? It's so cool. Go watch it. Go check it out. And, of course, hang out with these three. Hell, yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. How'd it go? I, I I also want to point out, um, I love Stellan Skarsgård's performance. Fuck, I thought he's going it was, good. So I thought it was good. so dude. That sound effect and when terrifying. his when the thing on his on his on his spine like get like so he can float when it activates. It's yeah. so creepy. Sound design of all the also, of every shield activating is fantastic, and that. the shields getting hit. I just love like that adds so much more to the tension in those moments when you're hearing it and you're seeing it turn red. Um, I am so excited for part two to see more Javier Bardem and see how he gets. Uh, he, I'd assume that he will take on a pretty big role as part two begins. I also want to point out a question that I had 
for you all who kind of understand this world more than I do. Mm-hmm. When the hunter killer little flying Fucking drone, cool, yeah. mm-hmm. why does it stop? What? So they have a force field on them, that thing that they randomly touch, like uh, even uh, Vladimir or Harkonnen, remember? Yeah, they all have a yeah, personal no, force field. Yeah, right, so right. it has to go through the force field and a slow blade can pierce the force field. If it's going fast, it'll block it. So that's why it like always looks like it stops. It's it's still driving in. It's just slowing down to break I, through. Th- that I'm not sure why it there. Sto- I, I'm not sure that. why it stopped when it was trying to stab Timothy Chalamet though, because I don't think he had his force field. That's on, what I'm talking weird. about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That part was it like not seeing him because of the hologram? Yeah, so. yeah, it wasn't seeing him. That that right. uh, it's moments like that that I think um, kind of just add unneeded confusion, where I think like. Denny, like you can you can be as sort of bombastic as you want with these wild scenes and kind of like go for really like this is going to challenge you uh, mentally right here. Andy, I'm like, fuck, I'm trying to understand. This is so confusing, but I'm loving it. It's moments like that. It's like that's kind of an an unnecessary moment uh, to it just adds more complexity to it. And I feel like I shouldn't have to a- ask that question afterwards. If it was just a moment where he's watching and it comes after him and then like super fast speed, he's able to do it really cool. But I don't know why it stopped on his eyeball. It was, very, it is, very it was a little confusing, right? Yeah. That is one of those things like I agree. I, that, that part was a touch confusing for me as well. Um, uh, but I, I do I, love. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, it's interesting that like there are three like weird space factions and uh, they showed the. Uh, navigators um, very briefly when they're briefly. going to like sign the treaty. Yeah. And their design is so fucking cool. They have those helmets on and they're oh, um, dome. full of spice inside of it. That yeah. is awesome. It's very different than what we've seen before. Also, it might not be the actual navigators, uh, but it just, I just wanted to touch on that because it's fucking well, here, wild. Here's a question I have for Andy. Andy, what you don't have a lot of, uh, you, you didn't read the source before. What what is your perception of what the spice is and does? Um, I mean the the spice is like oil on Earth. Like it is, uh, it has more properties. It is, um, it makes you fucking high if you're haven't been exposed to it. You get blue eyes from it if you're around it all the time, like the framings do. Right. But it, uh, it. From what I understood, they get to Arrakis and the people on Arrakis are trying to unlock all the water that's in the planet. And then they discovered the spice and that just mm-hmm. sort of like changed the whole trajectory of what Arrakis was going to be. Right. It was going to be this paradise. And they realized spice is where it's at because all the big factions want it because it's super important for interstellar travel. And right. that's like the big important thing about yeah, it. That's the important thing. Good. Okay, good. I'm glad that came across to people. Cause that was a, that was one of those situations where I, I remember reading the book being like, I'm a little lost as to what this thing does. And well, I think that it's because it does a lot everything. of different things. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like vibranium. Like it, it feels well, it's like more it is, than that though, because it's one of the yeah. things that like starts to unlock Paul's powers and like and like well, it's it's a it's a weird kind of like nebulous thing. On, on top of the fact that like you can use it, so basically, it gives you uh, what do they call it? Presidents. It, it gives you uh, like you like, can see not the future, but yeah, yeah, it, it's something like that. The, um, so you can yeah, see like a, the future a little right. bit. That's what the navigators use so it for. So the right? navigators use it to in this universe they the fast and lights traveling is that they fold space and the only way to do it safely 
Like the only way to calculate the routes is to have a bunch of spice Got in it. you. Um, but it also uh, extends human life to like something like 30% more. So people do spice. And then if you do it too much, it kind of kills you. Um, got it, got it. So it's got all these crazy properties that, like, the only place in all of the galaxy... I don't know if it's universe. I think it's galaxy. I think it's the universe. I think that's why Arrakis is so important. Yeah, that that has spice is Arrakis. Yeah. Man, I am so sad that Oscar Isaac is dead. Because he, like... (laughs) Sorry, man. Everything he fucking touches, every line... Every line this dude delivers is perfect. He is like, in my opinion, probably the one of the better actors acting right now in Hollywood. Yeah, like I for sure. I every line he delivers is so perfect, and it never feels fake or forced. And I, there's never been a moment with him that I go, oh, that didn't really sound great. Right. But there is with other actors like Chalamet, like Jason Momoa, that you have those moments. I just, I just love everything about Oscar Isaac. Um, and I, one thing I want to point out. I want to circle back just really, really quick because I know we were running a bit longer on this than we thought, but this movie's awesome. Fine, yeah. The the tech that. in this movie, like you were mentioning, Nick, yeah. I think it is a. I think it's like let's dial the fifteen percent back. Denis Villeneuve it, uh, of it, like I think it's a. It's the aesthetics of it. When we watch Arrival, I love how unconventional this UFO right. ship looks. It is so weird looking. It looks like a, a dark chocolate covered almond. It I just it. looks like nothing, right? It's like something we've never seen before. Um, I think in this one, there are a couple of those flyby moments um, that we're used to seeing planet with a ship flying by and it's we're, we're, we're in space and there's that cool A-wing and here's the cool X-wing, you know, like we're kind of used to that sort of yeah. thing. But when you see just something that looks like a Cialis pill or something, like, yeah. <laughs> it, it just feels weird. It it, it, it doesn't have that same see, sort of effect. And there's a couple ships like I like Momoa ships look badass. The Dragonfly ones look fucking the Dragonfly rad. ones are sick. Um, I don't love the I, I don't love and I also I don't understand the ships of the these PMCs that come in that the Harkonnen hire mm-hmm. um, because they're like little pods. And when they land, they kind of like expand. And I am assuming uh, that's for a slower it's landing. Like to slow it down. Yeah. Wait, um, the drop ships for yeah. the, for the Sark, not the, what, what's the name of the, the dudes with the, and all white that have the, the ones that were hired. The, yeah. The, the, the ones that were hired by the Harkonnen. Sarkonnen's. Yeah. Sarkonnen. Like Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, those, those ships too. They just look they up, look weird, it. and like I I want I want the vibes of like I I want the sort of visual identity of damn that's that's a Tie Fighter, and that, yeah. you know like that's the sort of shit that I was looking for. We don't need to go all the way. Like I'm not asking for anything to be super angular and well, kind of conventional sci-fi. I love how weird Denny is with his visual point. language, but um, there's like just tone it back a tiny bit. Let's get a little bit more. Um, toy friendly <laughs> right and, but I, and i will say like i'm conflicted on this right because i totally agree with you and again i think if that would have gone i think defining the tech in a lot of these in, in a lot of the the different houses would have gone a little bit farther for me to like distinguish the, them visually um granted it would have all gone out the window when they went to arrakis because that was kind of a, a, you know a meld of all these houses that had taken over over the years yeah. but um but I do think that, like, it's interesting because when you say the tech in this movie, there is no tech in this movie. Did you see a computer ever? Like, yeah, the only piece right. of tech yeah, so that we ever see is he has that little tiny projector that he uses. Everything else, 
this thing is there's no there's no control except for that little tiny thing they have back here yeah and then and i love that and i also love that they have like different marks for different people like what they do in the world so the guy that's like the consigliere has that little line has that little thing on the line on his lip mm. and then the guy that's the doctor has the, yeah, the, the diamond i'm like that stuff is super cool that's why it um, felt weird to me nick when you mentioned yeah. there's no tech no wonder why it felt so out what? of place when he gets in the dragonfly ship uh timothy chalamet and then proceeds to control the ship the way Luke would control an X-Wing and go yeah, click, 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 yeah, and yeah, hits yeah, all the switches. Yeah. And it felt like, damn, we haven't seen any of that in yeah. this whole world. It's, it's very it's very weird. It's interesting they didn't explain that further. Because, like, I, I don't think that's anything spoilerly. I, that's, I'm shocked that it didn't start with, like, a speech that talks about all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, again, I think that that's... There, you, have to, you have to skate that line between, like, over exposition and just letting the audience be in the world and figure this shit out for themselves. Yeah, but like I did, it's fun. It is funny though because like that cockpit feels super low tech because he had like radar and shit mm -hmm. on it that looked yep. like it was like blurred out. I'm like, this is this is kind of weird. I'm so excited to watch this movie with my dad when I go back home for Christmas. I'm, I'm, gonna, like, I, yeah, I'm gonna watch it again this week. Big old screen sound. Yeah, I'm so stoked. Um, final thoughts, gentlemen. Any closing thoughts on this before we wrap this Dune review up? Go watch it, please. I want to continue to see Denny's uh vision throughout the rest of this sort of uh, trilogy i think it i think it's special if it, it it's amazing to watch and it is one of those spectacles that i think deserves a theater viewing double mask up get vaxxed wait real cool. quick has have they said it's going to be a trilogy that i don't know i thought it was i don't know if it's going to be think, part one and part two i, I think, think it's part, part one and part two for dune yeah oh really yeah i i really hope they would get the three books out because the books after that, they're, they're I doubt too they'll much. ever get beyond the first book. Uh, <laughs> dude, Dune Messiah do is fucking wild, though. So as like, of 23 really... hours ago, uh, the report inverse is Dune Part Two release date trailer. So there is a Part Two coming. Dune Part Two. Oh, I don't know why I was under the assumption it was a trilogy the whole time. I well, think I, mean, I said still, trilogy I see earlier more. today, but I think it's no, going to be yeah, Part One I, and Part Two, and Warner Brothers I think is committed to Part Two as of right now. So I, that is I huge. I feel like. I feel like if we get any, like if if in a like if Denny gets his way, I would imagine we'd get six movies total, and then like a really weird TV show. Shout out to David well, Dasmalkian. David Dasmalkian, the guy. The, the just shout out to him, the skinny bald dude who the Harkonnen from. Yeah. Oh, the guy that's poisoned. from uh, Ant Man. Yeah, from Ant Man yeah. and from uh, Suicide Squad, Polka Dot Man. He's, He's the best. so good. Like yeah, when, everything I, when he, he does died, is I was legitimately me too. Upset. No. I, yeah, because in in like they that tooth thing too. It's so so, so much cool. of this world is so rad. I mean, even the visual of Oscar Isaac, just like they have him naked on the chair, oh, yeah, paralyzed. So so fucked up. Ah, all of this is so good. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been your Dune in review. Let us know what you thought uh, about Dune in the comments below. Please keep it spoiler free for everyone, at least for the first few weeks, because uh, we don't want to. Uh, it's actually, well, yeah, we don't want spoilers in this. I uh, and here's hoping. Spoilers. I don't know that you can. Well, yeah. Not with for as sure. far as we've gotten. You could spoil deaths. I mean, yeah. Sure. I don't know. Mm. I mean, the 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 Just be cool. Duke Leto death was kind of a big deal when I, I was like, oh, fuck, they fucking kill him. Uh, Anyway, let us know what you think in the comments below. Of course, if you're listening to this on podcast services, congratulations. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to those podcast uh, feeds and make sure you give us a little nice little rating over there if you can. A little five stars goes a long way. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.